Hi, my name is Amy Magstat, and this podcast is all about my journey with endometriosis. I hope in sharing my story, it may help others who may be suffering and to know you are not alone. Welcome to It's All in My Head. Hi, and welcome to episode six. On this episode, I want to talk to you about relationships and endometriosis. I know for me, it has had an effect on my relationships, and I wanted to do something a little different, and that is to share conversations with people close to me as we talk about how it has affected us. This was not easy. I asked questions I had never asked before, and I was scared to know the answers too. But I knew in doing this, it would only help our relationships grow. I hope as you listen, you may be able to hear questions um, that you want to take back to your friends and family and hopefully give you a little insight on what others are thinking and feeling about us and having endometriosis. There's going to be three different conversations. And first up is my husband, Eric. We have been married for 12 years, together for 16. We have been through the ups and downs together. He is my constant. I am going to warn you, my cat is in the background. It's real life, so I'm sorry about that, and I hope that you can still enjoy um, the conversation I had with him. <laughs> okay, so one of the first questions I wrote down was, um, what were your thoughts early on when I was starting to get sick and then as it became more consistent? Well, I think um, I think I was always kind of not concerned, but just aware that you weren't feeling well. Um, and you know, just tried to be supportive whenever you know there were there were moments that were that were bad. Or I know with the gallbladder surgery, it was like I was there <clears throat> to pick you up, and that was I think that was before we were were even married. Um, but just trying to be supportive and and just be there, you know, through all of that, and you know, just you know try to be as helpful as I possibly could and, and know that you weren't feeling well, but not really knowing why. Yeah. So. Did you think, like, I know in the beginning, neither one of us thought it would be, like, this long-ending thing, but as it became yeah. more consistent, like, especially after Lincoln and being sick, like, every day, did it seem like, I don't know, did you ever think that it would end, or did you think that it would be something, like, chronic, like, that... I'm going to deal with the rest of my life. Well, I always thought, I always had like faith and hope that, you know, we would find like what it was that was, that was, you know, causing the pain and causing the, the, you know, just not, the the not feeling well. And, um, I remember going through as you tried the different, like the FODMAP FODMAP diet and all that stuff. And it, it it would be encouraging because, it would seem like it would work for a week and then like it wouldn't. So um, I think around that time as it got more and more consistent, I mean, I was always trying to, you know, stay positive, which is what I, which is my go-to um, and just had like, I don't know, it was, I remember having the conversation about, you know, before getting officially diagnosed and being worried like, or you were worried like, well, what if it isn't this? And I just remember saying, well, what if it is? Um, Mm -hmm. And if it isn't, you know, we keep looking. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't like, I don't think there was a point where I ever was like, I would just totally give up. Um, I mean, that's not, that was never an option. So it was always like, if there was something to try, let's try it. Let's see, let's see what works. Mm -hmm. So, Okay. How do you feel my endometriosis has affected you and our relationship? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to think about that because it's been prevalent throughout our relationship. So mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, it, it progressed and just showed itself more and more over the years. But, you know, like the journey you're going on it's like you can look back and go oh my gosh this was happening then too um so it's kind of always been a part of us and I think 
I don't know, in, in some weird way, it, it, there was some, there was, you know, we had the love for each other, but then there was also like, kind of like a mission or mm-hmm. um, something we were trying to figure out. Um, and so I don't think for me, it never really was like a pushing away, um, but it was more of like a trying to figure it out together type mm-hmm. of thing. So. Um, you know, in hindsight, knowing that it was so prevalent throughout the entire relationship, it's hard to say, you know, yeah, what what the difference would be because it was is there the whole time. Yeah, we just didn't know it. Right. <clears throat> okay, so this was one. Of, all the questions are hard, but this one was hard for me because I um I never wanted to ask people because it was something that I had like. I felt shamed about because I kept thinking it was all in my head and that I was making it up. But did you ever think um, I was faking it? No. Not a day. And, like, I remember, like, thinking of that, like, that question, obviously. um, And it reminds me of the way I grew up. So with, you know, the illness that's in my family, um... It doesn't show itself all the time, mm-hmm. but you know that it's there. And so I grew up with that, you know, it wasn't me, but I knew it was somebody that I loved had this and it could show its head at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, and granted, it's, it was a, probably a lot more manageable, but, you know, you, you'd know that it's there. And so, you know, I don't think in the way I was brought up, it's like, I would never think that, I don't know, that just, that would just never have crossed my mind. I was never like, oh, she's, you know, I I just never thought that because I've seen it and not like endometriosis, but I've seen it in other ways of just things that are affecting people that you don't see on the outside. Yeah. So. I never thought about that <clears throat> before because I think, I think always of, the hidden stuff is mm-hmm. hard for people to believe. Yeah. <clears throat> but I never thought about that. Um, did you ever feel that you had to put on a caregiver role for me? Um, I mean, I don't think caregiver role. I was always trying to be supportive and just try to be as helpful as you would allow me to be. Um, and... I looked at it as my role as like husband and partner. So, you know, I viewed it as not necessarily like caregiver, Mm -hmm. but more of husband, partner. I think it's interesting talking about it because just like we never talked about this before. Mm -hmm. And so like hearing that it's all the stuff that like I put on, like I put on you like I put this like oh I don't deserve to be cared for I shouldn't have to be cared for but really you're right it's like just being a partner yeah and I mean and to take it one step further with like diet and stuff when we when it was like okay well let's cut out lactose right so then I still wanted to like make good like make lasagnas and stuff like that and I would work with you know the veggie shreds and stuff like that just to try and make the different types of cheeses to try and make it as, you know, as real as possible, but still kind of conform to diet restrictions. And mm-hmm. so I always took that on as like a, <clears throat> like a, like a fun challenge of how can I do this and still make it, um, for all of us. Yeah. So. Um, I thought I hid, hid my symptoms before therapy and me being real (laughs) what do you think did I did I hide my symptoms um, and how does that make you feel well I mean in hindsight now thinking back to it I think definitely you hid symptoms Um, I knew that you didn't feel well but I didn't ever probably knew the extent I mean I knew that there were days that you were miserable Um, and I didn't you know know the exact reasons why you were feeling miserable and um, I mean, but I, but I knew that in my heart that you weren't feeling well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, as far as hiding it, I don't know. I think, you know, it's, it's like, I don't look at that as it was a negative thing or, you know, a positive thing. It was, it was a thing, but like I said, just knowing that you weren't feeling well and just trying to be, I guess, I guess trying to be as helpful as possible. Had I known like more specifics, I could have maybe adapted the way I was trying to help a little bit more. Um, but I mean, as far as does it hurt my feelings? I mean, it, it doesn't hurt my feelings. Um, like I said, I knew when you weren't feeling well. Um, and I just tried to be as you know comforting and um, just accepting as possible. And just, I mean, if, if anyone was going to be on your side, it was going to be me. And sometimes that was a hard role to play without, you know, trying, without knowing, you know, the full extent. Um, it was, it was, it was a challenge in itself, mm -hmm. but, you know, it wasn't anybody's place to say, you know, to put that on you. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's coming off right, but it's like, so if it was like a kid's event or like a birthday party or something like that, and, you know, it was, I would say, you know, a, you know, Amy doesn't feel well, um, you know, she's, but it's not really about the parents. It's more about the kids. Um, and I think the, the group that was, that was there were completely understanding and, you know, knew that if you didn't feel well, you didn't feel well. Um, and so I don't think... I mean, I was never put in the position of like, oh, really? Is she? And it, it was never like that. It was more of like, oh, you know, she doesn't feel it. Shoot. You know, it was general sympathy. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so I think that, you know, I don't know. Did I answer that question? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, something you wish I knew during this journey. Something I wish you knew? Yeah. Is there something you... Um, well, I think it goes back to the the question about, um, like, hiding symptoms. Like, I think if I knew how I could better help you, then it would have... I don't know. In my mind, it would have helped. I could have been a better helper, I guess, a better support. Um so if you were to know that, um, you know, if there was something specific that you needed at that time and could ask me, then, you know, I could do that. Yeah. Well, I think that we're just in a different spot, too. When I was really hiding stuff, I just was hiding it from everybody, even right. the wrong people, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, how in the hard or bad, really sick days... Do we, um, times did we stay strong in our relationship? Well, I think with those bad days and those, you know, the, the really down days, um, I always said, you know, they're not going to last forever. You know, that's, that was my MO of almost like today's not a good day. Tomorrow could be better it's not always going to um, be like this. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that sort of mentality goes back to one of the earlier questions about, um, you know, when I answered saying, you know, always like, if, if it's not this, we're going to try something new. We're going to keep looking and we're going to keep searching and we're going to keep looking on. So I never looked at like the really bad days or the down days as... Like, well, this is what it's going to be like. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, today it's raining, but you know what? Tomorrow it could be sunny. Yeah. Well, and that's good because in the rainy days, <laughs> I couldn't see anything else. Mm -hmm. So it was just, I guess, you supporting me. I think through, through it all, though, I think we just have, I know, probably more through therapy, but like just becoming more like our communications better mm -hmm. so that helps I think us stay strong oh yeah and oh, definitely. you know yeah 
and actually, even though you were, you know, we were fighting for like the diagnosis or what is this and what, what can make it better. Yeah. Now it's like, we know what it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We're just fighting stronger together, I guess. Right. And I mean, it's, it was funny uh, to talk to, you know, the people at the dinner at, um, the end of March dinner about, you know, I remember talking to him saying, oh, did you guys do the um, sweet potato diet? And they said, no, ours wasn't sweet potato. Ours was beets. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'll be totally honest with you. I'm so glad we didn't have to do beets. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. those similarities of, you know, the, the two stories that you guys were telling, it's like you were talking to a mirror. Yeah. It was so, like, eerily similar of just... Like, oh, did you try this? Oh, yep, we did that. Did you do this? Yep, we did that. And then um, while they were super similar, like I said, sweet potatoes versus beets, but um, there were minor differences, but it was all still almost like searching, Mm -hmm. which is, that was probably like the hardest part was the, the searching and the not knowing and like, like I said, when when you try something and like the elimination diet or whatever we were trying at the time, it's like it would work for a week and it's like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And then it would just, it would come back and it's like, okay, you know, definitely that would be like a funk, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and so I think just trying to stay like that thought of we're going to figure out what this is. I don't know when, but eventually, you know. Yeah. Um, are there ways you want to share that have changed our relationships, our relationship um, since the surgery, since being diagnosed, since doing therapy and like really focusing on my health? Um, mm-hmm. Is there ways that you want to share that that's helped change us in a positive way? Yeah, no, I think, I think having the diagnosis was, was huge because... Um, just kind of knowing what's going on um, is it was hugely important as mm-hmm. far as you know instead of searching for what is this and how do I fix it or what do I do it's like okay now we know what it is and what can we do to help minimize um, you know the days that are bad or um, to help out with you know just keeping it down for you know certain periods of time so you know there's a mystery a huge piece of that mystery has been solved Mm -hmm. so now it's more along the lines of okay now let's maintain and and do um what we can so then it was you know so having that huge piece filled and answered I think has has helped a lot um, in our relationship in our relationship and then with like therapy that you've gone through just working on that and working on yourself and and which in in turn helps us mm-hmm. um, and then our therapy together was I mean it was it was beneficial in the relationship period yeah um, and it had you know it was just sort of eye opening that it's not necessarily like endometriosis that you need to go, like we would need to go to therapy for. It was more along the lines of it was a benefit just to help us yeah. out, period. You know, yeah. like just, it's almost like having, like I said, that the, a translator when we're trying to, when we're talking to each other and just being able to, you know, learn tools and just things that are going to help better our relationship and you know being more open and you know going your your therapy um just being more open and stuff that we've worked on together and Mm -hmm. stuff that we've worked on for ourselves um and so I think it's been life-changing I feel like for both of us in a weird way like it's like who wants a chronic illness but that it's brought us in a different direction and closer together yeah and like I said a lot of energy was focused on like what is it 
And so now we can focus that energy. We can refocus that energy on like us and just, we see that we're a priority and we can do that. Um, did you have any questions, um, for me about endometriosis that you, you know, wondered or whatever? Um, well, that, I mean, that's, that's a hard question because there's a lot to it. Um, I think that, I don't know, for, for me, it's hard because just like having that, having the knowledge of knowing what's going on or that it actually has been diagnosed is, is important. Um, and I, I think that the way we can communicate now is you're more open with like what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, I think when there is the time that I do have the questions, I'll know how to, um, I'll know what questions to be asking versus not knowing I don't know if that makes sense. Because now that we know what the diagnosis is, I can formulate any sort of questions that I might have based on that. And so I know that, I mean, I guess I guess to truly answer the question is I don't have like a specific question yeah. right now. Um, but I know that when I do have those questions, that you'll be able to answer them. <clears throat> do you have advice for other partners going through the journey of the unknown diagnosis and treatments? I mean, the unknown is, it's a hard spot to be because it can be so frustrating. And I don't know, you just, I just had to have faith that eventually we're going to find out what's going on. Um, And so I don't think giving up was ever an option. Um, and so the unknown, it's like, it's just, you don't give up, you know, you just, you keep going, um, and you just find, you know, which is hard because whenever you would go to somebody and they would say, oh, it's IBS or it's this, it's like, that's like, okay, cool. I have my diagnosis now. And then, you know, it would come back. And so. that unknown was really hard and I think being patient and just you know being patient for one hand but also like advocating and fighting for yourself you know um, is important because while being patient doesn't necessarily mean you have to be like sedentary yeah you can still be actively trying to figure out what the heck is going on Um, and then once you get the diagnosis it's like okay what what are my best courses of treatment? You know, um, I mean, I remember when you found the two doctors and, you know, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was an, it was a, I mean, for lack of a better term, it was an exciting time because we got, you know, within a couple of hours driving distance, some pretty big heavy hitters, um, in the world of endometriosis. And it was so, I don't know, it was almost like you're going to see the guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't, this This is like the dude, the, I don't know, for lack of a better person, the, the person who is an expert on this. And so to have those resources within, you know, a couple of hours drive is amazing. Um, so having the diagnosis was again that mystery was solved and so um that was a huge huge piece and then what was the last part surgery no it was just what advice do you have for other partners that are going through this with their just, significant other yeah just be patient and know that it's real i mean it's and and be supportive as a partner be as supportive as you possibly can as you know somebody who has endometriosis don't be afraid to ask for help yeah and <laughs> yeah i you know it's and it can be a hard thing but you know don't be afraid to ask for help and then 
as the partner, you know, don't be afraid to help, mm-hmm. you know, and be supportive and be patient and know that it, it's, it's real and it's, just know that it's real. Cool. Do you have anything else you wanted to ask me or talk about? Uh, you good? I love you. I love you too. Yeah. All right, next up is the conversation I had with my sister, April. We are 18 months apart in age. We have definitely gotten closer over the years, and it was great to hear her side of our relationship and how endometriosis has affected us. I hope you enjoy. All right, April, I want to thank you for coming on my podcast and sharing from a family member's perspective on our relationship and endometriosis. And I want you to know how much I love you and thank you so much for doing this. I love you too. Okay. All right. So how or has my endo affected you and our relationship? I don't necessarily like it as itself like affected our relationship more of like you were sick because we didn't know what it was and that was just something we had to be very cognizant about like when you were in pain or when like you were having an episode or even like if you could eat stuff or not just kind of being aware but that's to me, that's living with somebody who has a chronic illness and I have that experience with other people. So it's just something I automatically do. Mm-hmm. I could see if people aren't around you all the time, how that could be a focal point mm-hmm. as opposed to just a lifestyle. Yeah. True. Um, does me having endo make you question if you have it? No, I'm pretty much sure I do. <laughs> but not that that's funny, but not no, that's not funny. But things that I would have thought were normal, like bleeding and like the the absurd pain that I like I just thought that was normal. Yeah. And then when it when you got your diagnosis and like found out that that is exactly what you had. I was like, Oh, well, yeah. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. So it just, like, I haven't gone to a doctor, but there are clear indications that I do have it. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, Any thoughts that you want to share through all of this? From early on um, to sometimes feeling sick to when it was really bad, is there something that you want to share with me or share about how you were feeling during that time? There was a lot of helplessness. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, there was those feelings with, like, when I wanted to go to dinner or when we wanted to hang out and they're like, I can't go out or I can't go there because I can't eat this or that. Like there was feeling of like, I can't fix you. Yeah. And I am, I am a fixer by nature. I, you have a problem. I help you fix it. And so that, that helplessness and that a little bit of fear. Yeah. Because you're my big sister. Mm. and my my big sister is stronger than me and my big sister can do anything and so seeing you so low both in your physical body and in your spirit was very disheartening and scary yeah but it's also something you just live with um Yeah. I, yeah. One of the questions I asked Eric and and Sarah is, did you ever question me or think I was faking? Mm -mm. No, I, 
I know good fake when I see one. I'm amazing at faking hurt ankles when I don't want to play tag. But you, you never, you could tell you weren't faking. Like it was in your bones. It was in your body, the way you held yourself, that type of pain and that type of weight manifests itself in the body and how you carry yourself. What I do know is you downplayed it. Like there were so many times I could see that it was so much stronger, the pain or the, or the, the nausea or diarrhea, but you were just like, Oh yeah, it's fine. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go to the bathroom a lot or oh, can we just take a seat here? And you just, you never really expressed that it was like super painful. Yeah. But again, I think that's part of having a chronic illness is you just kind of know this level of pain. And so why bring it up if it's a consistent? Yeah. And I think for me too, I was, and that was a question that's hard for me to ask because I was so like, self-conscious or worried because you couldn't see it that people wouldn't believe me and I think that's why I I tend to downplay it plus I Mm. I do see myself as a strong person so it was hard to you know I thought I just felt like I was it was coming from a place of I don't want to disappoint people because I have a problem and so that's why and in, in part I realized that was like almost in a way of shutting people out because I wasn't being true to anybody you know, about really how bad it was going on. Right. Um, Is there something you wish I knew? (sighs) (laughs) You can say no. I am just, I'm, I'm thinking like chronic pain and chronic illness are very isolating And I have always wondered from the perspective of the person who has the pain and the illness, do you feel that we isolated you with our belief of like, well, she has pain, that's her. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I don't think so. I think... I think that I, the, it wasn't from some, it wasn't from you or somebody else that put that on me. I kind of did it myself. Mm. I just felt like I, you know, I didn't want to be the girl with that was always canceling or the girl that always was in pain or the girl. I don't like that. I can't always eat stuff and be like carefree. And so I think that's where for me, it was hard. It was, it was, before like going through therapy and like working on myself, that was where I got like my identity was like pleasing people and like being it for everybody. And so when I felt like I was failing and, and that failure was being sick, which is ridiculous. But I, at the time I thought I wasn't good enough. Like I I really should just overcome this and be able to do it. So I isolated myself, I think, just by like hiding when I was feeling really crappy or I would like overcompensate, even though Mm. I was miserable, I would do, 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 do. Right. So I think that, I don't think it was from, I think it was from myself. It wasn't from other people at all. Okay. Um, Did you have any questions about endo? I know you sent me a couple, but is there specific ones that you wanted to ask or? Um. I actually, on my way home from work today, I listened to your your third podcast mm-hmm. uh, with just kind of descriptions and um, and kind of the processes and the tr- the signs and things like that. So that actually cleared up a lot of the questions I had. Yeah, um, I actually did. So when you're describing the surgery. Yeah, you said there were two types. Was it the first one? I cannot remember the word, and then ablation was yeah. the second one. What is the first, and what does that entail? Okay, so the excision surgery is what I had, and 
it can be called excision or wide excision or deep wide excision, but excision is cutting out. So the doctor who specializes in removing endometriosis and can see it in all its forms because it's microscopic and they don't just cut out the top, like the top layer, they go deep inside and cut all of it out. And so that it's less likely to grow back because they've taken all of it. They can miss some, so it can't, you know, it can grow back if there was anything left behind, but most specialists, um, if they're truly specialized in in excision surgery of endometriosis, they will remove it. Um, so it's completely gone. The mm-hmm. ablation surgery is just where they burn the top layer. And so just burning the top layer underneath just continues to grow. And a lot of times when they burn it off, it almost like lights a fire in the stuff underneath and it will grow even faster. Okay. <clears throat> but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I know you had asked about the diet and I, I think, Oh Yeah. I think I did. I mean, I went through many different diets. Um, The FODMAP diet is what a GI doctor recommends when you're having any GI distress or IBS symptoms. So I tried that multiple times with no effect. What is is FODMAP? You'll have to, I I can't remember like the, the initial, those are initials that it's a certain type of like food. It's, I think it's like something they release, but it's like beans and, a lot of um, vegetables like um, broccoli and cauliflower, like those kind of things, certain fruits. They have like a list of all the foods that you shouldn't eat and the, the foods that you can eat. Okay. Um, so I tried that. And then I went to a nutritionist who put me on an um, autoimmune protocol elimination diet, which was ridiculous. And I literally I remember did, that. Yeah, I did. I limited almost everything that I could think of. I mean, it was ridiculous. I think I had sweet potatoes, I think I did sweet potatoes and I think I did chicken breast. Yes, and I, yes, I olives. remember that. I mean, it was like pathetic. I she cut out so much stuff, but it's still at that point nothing really was working. When went away, and my symptoms yeah. didn't go away. So I slowly introduced foods, and I think for now I'm doing an what I call an. Uh, um, anti-inflammatory diet where I try to keep the inflammation in my body as low as possible. So low sugar, no gluten, no dairy. Um, I'm t- like, I'm doing plant-based to try to keep my body like as less inflammatory as possible because endometriosis is an inflammatory disease. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying that, but I also can, even in seeing that doing plant-based, I realize there's certain things that totally affect me and certain things that I can eat tons of. And so I, it's kind of like, a you have to like learn as you go and really know your body to what, mm-hmm. you know, you're sensitive to. <clears throat> okay. Um, one, let's see. One of the other questions that you had sent me was, did I give you the support that you needed? What could, um, what do you think I could have done better? And I said, nothing. You have always listened to me. I'm going to cry. You've been always so understanding. Um, you've just always been there for me. I think in the beginning parts, I was definitely more isolated. I was depressed. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I just felt like I, not that no one would understand, but I didn't even know, understand. I didn't know what was going on and I couldn't find an answer. So I felt more isolated then, but as the years have progressed and I think as the last couple years where I'm like, I feel like almost a different person mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say we've gotten closer and I can see all, like I can see how you support me more where I was before I was in such misery. It probably wouldn't have mattered who was doing what I just was so miserable. And mm-hmm. now I can just see like how much love and support I actually have. And, and I think if I, could change things. I wish I would have gone to therapy a long time ago, but I wish I would have been more open with people to give people more of a chance to be there for me. Cause I, I, I closed myself off because I just wanted to be there for other people and not let them be there for me. So right. I just appreciate you. <clears throat> I appreciate you too. Um, I'm looking to see what other question you had said to you. Um, the one that you sent me that it was like uh, surprising, but it made me really think about this. It says, does 
your lack of faith in God make a difference to me when I'm dealing, um, when dealing with my, my fight with endometriosis and does that impact me? And yeah, it- um, <clears throat> people's faith when they're dealing with chronic acute, any kind of illness is very highlighted, but I also know that it can be really, it can create lines that shouldn't necessarily be there. Yeah. And because I don't hold to a steadfast religious belief, Mm -hmm. which has been my own journey of finding that out. Yeah. But because it's such a huge part or it is not a huge part of somebody's wellness, did that impact you Yeah, in how you went through it? And I think absolutely not. My faith, just like you have your journey, I have my own journey. And I definitely think it's taken, I mean, I've always, we grew up in church, so I always had a faith in a God but I think that we both have seen the worst side of a religion. And I think that for me, this journey of my illness has made me even see that more where I don't, I don't see myself as a religious person. I just have a relationship with God and I don't, I, I think what I was worried about was that I was like, oh my God, do I seem judgy? Because I don't want to come off as judgy. This is just something that I use to help me in my um, wellness, basically keeping my focus on gratitude and peace and those things I get through belief in God. But I understand that other people don't have that belief. And I don't think that that's I don't know. It didn't affect me at all. I, mm-hmm. I just was appreciative of your love and that, that's what I want to show others is love. And mm-hmm. so, um, no, it doesn't affect me because it's, it's, I feel like that's such a personal thing. I think, I think faith is a personal thing instead of a religion. I think if you were just going the religious la- route, neither one of us are religious that is very true. So, um, but I thought it was just a great question. Um, one that I had never thought of before, but it was just a great question because I think it's important to, I don't know, to, to share with others that you don't have to have the same belief to love each other, to support each other, to, it doesn't, it, to me, it just shows that we can have disagreements, not even a disagreement. Cause I, I don't, <laughs> it's not a disagreement. I'm not going to fight you over it. I mean, we'll but, fight about other things, but we're not going to fight about but that. I think that it's like a healthy way to talk about it. And mm-hmm. I think that, I don't know, it was, I just thought it was impressive to even ask that. Well, again, like, the take that that most people should be taking when it comes to endometriosis or chronic illness in general, like it's a holistic thing. You have to take it as a whole. So faith, statement of faith, not statement of faith, that is a portion of the the human condition. Yeah. Um, And so it seems like we've talked about the diet. We talked about the health like the stress meditation and, and keeping yourself um, grounded, whatnot. Um, doing the surgeries and, and getting the medication that can help you. But the, the, I hate the word spiritual, but the spirit portion, the human spirit is a portion of that. Yeah. And so I thought it would be interesting or it is it's something that needs to be acknowledged as well. Yeah. Well, it is very important to me and in my journey for sure. And I just think that, um, I just want people to know that it's helped me, but I don't Mm -hmm. want them to feel like I'm, you know, forcing it down anyone's throat. It's just another option, another way to see things. You may have a different, you know, faith or a different, maybe you are religious. Maybe you, you know, 
have a certain way that you see spirituality. I just think that that is important, you know, for everybody to at least question and, and pursue their answer. So mm-hmm. anyway, I thought it was great that you brought that up. Yeah. Um, so I don't have any more questions. Do you? So some of the triggering foods that we know we love, like avocados. Yes. <laughs> um, do you find, because you've had to go through all these diets, <clears throat> has your relationship with food been impacted? By oh, this? yes. Wow. <laughs> that is heavy because I hate you it. You are I welcome. Hate food. Yeah. I mean, I remember before I was diagnosed, I literally hated food. I would eat one soy yogurt and a banana a day at my worst. And especially that's going, during the pain portion, not just like I'm super busy and that's all I'm going to no, eat. No, this was like years ago before I even got married, okay. before I was even diagnosed at all that when I just started getting sick but as I've you know like gone through these diets it was you know I just needed to find food that would give me enough calories and vitamins and then I was just like well these are my safe foods so I would just eat my safe foods and literally until like two months ago I would say I'd go in waves there are food I enjoy but Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like my diet was bland and, um, safe. It was routine. I didn't try anything new and I was scared to try anything. Mm -hmm. So I did not have a good relationship with food. Literally. I still think that it's something I'm working on, but I, um, have noticed my children, um, asking me, well, why don't you eat this mom? You never have cupcakes when we have birthday, you never have cake, you never have this. And so I just have decided it's my mission to not exclude myself from things when I can, when I can control mm-hmm. it. So I'm choosing to learn to love to cook. I'm choosing to find recipes I can eat. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I made <clears throat> Eric um, cupcakes for his birthday, chocolate cupcakes. I enjoyed them. My kids got to see me enjoy them and it was a huge influence on them. Mm-hmm. I made a vegetable lasagna that I could have and I haven't had lasagna in, I can't even tell you, probably over 16 years. I don't even remember the last time. And I so, probably made it. <laughs> yeah. So just like learning new plant-based recipes that I can eat and enjoy is making me excited for food again. It's still, I'm apprehensive and I'm, you know, cautious. I'm making sure that I, you know, like how my body reacts to things, but Mm -hmm. I'm definitely more risk taking in my diet. So good. Yeah. It's good. I definitely remember those sweet potato and chicken days. Yeah. It's not fun. Not fun at all. Um, I think that's, what I have right now. Okay. Do you have any, okay. Well, do you have any advice for a family member who is in your position, who has a family member that has endometriosis or another chronic illness that, you know, they're trying to support? Do you have any advice for that family member? Oh God. Listen, I think ultimately people want to be listened and understood Mm -hmm. and that's a really hard concept for a lot of people to grasp but we can't as as caregivers and and support family members or support people um we can't fix what's going on we can only listen and give emotional support and part of that is listening and understanding that this is a long process yeah and sit back from the concept that well they had this surgery or they're now doing these pills or or whatnot that they're cured um i think the concept that everyone 
people who are in it, people who are surrounded by it, people who have heard the word and that's it, need to know that this is chronic and it will be forever. Yeah. It's, and, and so this is not a sprint. This is not a finish line that you're going to see. This is a marathon or a full out Ironman. This is endurance. (laughs) Like you, you have to think of it. There is no quick anything in this. Yeah. And keep that in mind when they have their bad day, when the person you're supporting has their bad days or their great days. Yeah. Just know that this is, this is something that is for life. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all your love and support and always listening to me. You're a great, great listener. And I don't know, a great sister, but a really good friend. I love you. You too. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Last up is the conversation I had with my best friend, Sarah. We have been friends for over 21 years and we are super close. She probably knows me better than anyone. And I hope that you enjoy the conversation we had about our relationship and endometriosis. Okay. I want to start by saying thank you for always supporting me. And thank you so much for agreeing to come on this podcast and talk about our friendship and endometriosis. I know it's crazy (laughs) that we're even doing this. Um, So I wanted to start by by asking, how or has my endometriosis affected you and our relationship? So it hasn't affected me uh, per se, but it, I honestly, I think it's affected our relationship because it made us closer. Uh, We've gone through like tons of things in life together. And I think um, you getting mentally stronger and you share things with me that kind of shed light on my weak mental areas. I just feel like it's brought us closer. I know. That's how I feel too. Like it's a weird thing to be like, oh, you have a chronic illness. But I feel like over the years, especially even we've always been super close, but over the last year, there's been a huge change where we're even closer. I feel like. Yeah, I'd agree. Anyway, before I start crying. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Okay. Does me having endo make you question if you um, have it? Um, no, I definitely, uh, well, okay. So I should say it made me do like a mental checklist in my head to go through like symptoms that I saw you go through or that I know, um, endo causes from just knowing you in our conversations. So I definitely, you know, I'd have like one or two symptoms that I thought maybe that is, but, um, I don't believe I have it, but it did like make me check myself. So that was, and then I think, I do love that it makes me aware to listen for other women's symptoms since I work in um, healthcare with women. So, and you know, the nurses I work with and other friends just mentioning things. I like that. I have that kind of in my mind to bring up with them. I know. I think that about your girls too, since I don't have girls, I, yes. it makes me like, because they're an extension of me in a weird way. <laughs> they're yeah. your babies. So it just makes me like be able to, I don't know, watch out for them too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Any thoughts you want to share through all of this from early on to um, like when it got really bad, is there something that you wanted me to know about or how you were feeling? Um, Yes, but I'll probably cry. So just, (laughs) I'll try not to. Well, here I already gonna. Um, it's just very hard and sad to watch someone so close, you know, be hurting. Uh, it's just a helpless feeling. Um, to just you know, at the worst time when you were wasting away and miserable, and your spirit and your joy was sapped, and you're a very joyful soul. That's 
pretty much why I was like, I definitely knew something was wrong. Um, but, and then sometimes I still get that feeling like the days when we talk and you'll have pain for like a week straight, it's still, it's like a helpless feeling like, gosh, I can't do anything. I can, I pray, which is a huge thing, but I can't physically make it better. Um, and I also think of like, Eric or your boys or someone that lives with you on a day-to-day and sees it, how hard it must be for them. Um, but yeah, you just don't want to see people that you love like that hurting. Yeah. Thank you. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, did you ever question me or think I was faking? I know this seems like ridiculous, but I think that was like a, uh, something I was like always nervous about because you can't mm-hmm. see like a broken arm or something. So right. I kind of probably know your answer, but because <laughs> I know you, but did you ever think that? Nope. Yeah. I didn't think. No, so. no, I never, ever thought you were faking. When you did tell me about the doctors saying that I even searched my mind to think like, okay, I do understand that people can have like a psych break and, okay, I was thinking about all the stresses in your life. Could this be? And, but every time it just came up, no. And, um, I knew something was physically wrong, but then I also did know that from the physical things that were happening, um, do cause things in your head. You know, when I remember, um, the year before you married, Eric was probably the worst I've ever seen you look physically and you were feeling and um so I knew you were having like depression and anxiety and I mean that's just continued at times in life yeah um just sadness so those are all mental things in your head but they can cause physical symptoms yeah um but that being said I don't a human being that could have a chronic illness and be in constant physical pain and not have those things. Yeah. It's kind of like a part of the disease. Yeah, it totally is. And I just, I think back then too, I, I knew I was probably depressed, but I obviously I wasn't getting help for that at all. So I think like Mm -hmm. this time, like dealing with it now, it's so different than it was then because I, I'm like more not I'm just less depressed about it. I can kind of see see outside that it's not forever going to be this way, you know. Oh yeah, I oh my gosh, like leaps and bounds. Yeah. I think now that you know what it is, you know how to deal with it, you know like your you have your little things in your bag to kind of help you through those times. Um way less I mean, even anxiety, I don't even see like anxiety with your, I mean, maybe a teeny bit here and there, but then you fix it. You know how to like get yourself through it. So you're, it's way different than before you even knew what was going on. I think that was more the depressing part. Yeah. It's like, what is the matter with me? Yeah, totally. <clears throat> um, do you have any questions um, about endometriosis? Um. No, I don't think so. Not at this time. I've had questions, but of course you have answered them all (laughs) Um, throughout all of this. But no, but I definitely know where to go if I do. You're sweet. (laughs) And then my last question was any advice. I mean, I consider you my family. So I think a friend would be like a loose term because you're not just a friend. I think I in talking with you, I wanted people that, you know, to realize a relationship with like a, your best friend, like someone that's with it for you. But do you have any advice for someone in your position that has to be there for someone with a chronic illness? Yes. I think, um, um, always believe your loved ones if they say that something's wrong and don't make them ever feel like you don't believe them because you're kind of their powerhouse to get them through those times. And, um, even if in your head, you're like, what is going on? I don't know what's going on, but just believing them and, um, being patient and having compassion and trying to imagine being in that loved one's shoes, if it was switched around and 
I think sometimes just to be an ear and listen, because there's not a whole lot you can do, um, just to be there and give a hug, because sometimes there's not even words to help. So I think to just, um, yeah, be as supportive as you can and to learn about it. Yeah. I'm sobbing because I'm just so lucky you're my friend. Mm. I love you, Aim. I love you too. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing oh, you're, with me. You're very, very welcome. And it and... will help others. I just, you know, for me, it's like stuff that we don't talk about. We just kind of yeah. do. Yeah. Um, I have one more thing to say, though, that I think you're very strong and just a beautiful woman. Um, you've gone through the dark season of life, but you came out even stronger, even if you're still having to struggle with it and it's going to be lifelong. You're like a different person for a good thing, like just stronger. Um, I love that you're sharing your story to help other women possibly suffering. And, um, I love that you're closer with Jesus. You're a stronger mama. You're a confident woman. And I see you able to say exactly what's needed or exactly what's on your mind. And you weren't that person before all of this. Very you were true. more, you know, uh, hold things in and just kind of deal with it. And, you know, obviously you don't want to have to go through this to be that person, but you have taken the good from a very horrible thing. Yeah. So I'm just very proud of you. And thank you. Love so you. Much. I love you mm -hmm. so much. I am one blessed girl. I am surrounded by so many people that care and love and support me. And I'm forever grateful. I hope you have friends and family that support you. And I hope in listening to these conversations, it will help you in reaching out to your loved ones and talking with them, talking about your relationships, talking about endometriosis, talking about how it has affected you, how it affected them. And I hope it helps your relationships grow. And I want to thank you for listening to It's All in My Head.